Welcome, everyone, to Nat Alliance Now and our podcast on the 2020 ISO Business Auto Policy Edition Update. I'm Paul Martin. I'm your Director of Academic Content for the National Alliance for Insurance and Education Research. And uh, I'm joined today by Alan Messer. Alan Messer, if you don't know the name, Alan is one of our uh, most respected national faculty here at the National Alliance. He has been in that role for many, many years. His experience is extensive all over the insurance industry from the production side to the company side and is a true technician when it comes to understanding commercial coverages. And we're really lucky to have Alan joining us today. Welcome, Alan. Well, thank you, Paul. And thank you for allowing me this opportunity. You are very welcome. It's our it's our privilege. Well, today, guys, we want to talk about the latest addition to the Insurance Service Office's uh, commercial auto policy form, uh, the 2020 version. I think technically it's uh, uh, 1120, like a November 20 date on it, but it went into effect in December in many, many places. Of course, remember that not every state adopts all of ISO's forms at the same time as other carriers. So if you want to know what your specific carrier and your agency, for example, is doing, you want to check in with them. But today we want to give you an update on uh, what the new edition says and what you need to know when you communicate with your customers and, and your clients. So, Alan, why don't you start off with a, a overall look at this latest edition? What changes generally did we see and what do you think about them? Uh, well, we did see some substantive changes, some um, what I would call clarification changes. No huge surprises. I would tell you that. Uh, I would give this overall commercial auto change a big thumbs up, and I'm very pleased with many of the changes that have been made. I want to talk a little bit about those, but first of all, the revision applies to all three commercial auto coverage forms, the business auto coverage form, the motor carrier coverage form, as well as the auto dealers coverage form, but I want to spend most of the time specifically addressing the changes in the business auto coverage form. And if you look at the changes to the business auto coverage form itself, there are only about six or seven, depending on how, what kind of a numbering system you wanna use for them that go into the coverage forms. I thought I'd probably talk about those in the order that they appear in the coverage form as you go through. The very first one uh, would be, we've had a always had a provision for Owned autos, the named insured acquires after the policy begins. And that's great as long as we had customers that were buying autos. But in today's climate, a lot more customers are leasing autos than are buying autos. And so one of the revisions is we're going to change this heading and now call it owned autos. And we're going to add a paragraph that says an auto that is leased or rented to you, meaning the named insured, without a driver under a written agreement for a continuous period of at least six months that required you to provide primary insurance is going to be considered a covered auto you own. I look at that as being a good change. Uh, It does impact the business auto form, but this means that when we talk about symbols and coverage for owned autos, we're going to consider certain leased autos, owned autos with those coverages. So I think that's a, I think that's a good change for uh, customers and agents should be happy with that particular change. Um, one of the ones that I think might be a little tricky 
is we've had some automatic liability coverage for certain trailers, mobile equipment, and temporary substitute vehicles. And the big change here has to do with the trailers. If you've looked at the past edition of the Business Auto, I think all agents are familiar with the fact that it automatically provides liability coverage for trailers with a load capacity of 2,000 pounds or less designed for travel on public roads. Well, that's great, except sometimes it's difficult to determine the load capacity. And when you talk about homemade trailers and things like that, then there's even more difficulty. So ISO has decided to use a little bit more objective criteria in going to something called gross vehicle weight rating. And that really is nothing other than the weight of the vehicle empty plus the load capacity, if you will. And uh, so they're changing it from uh, a load capacity of 2,000 pounds to a gross vehicle weight rating of 3,000 pounds. And that should be equivalent. Now, there's only one little word in there, though, that really bothers me. And that is it talks about registered gross vehicle weight. And this would seem to me to possibly eliminate automatic coverage for homemade trailers as well as newly acquired trailers that are not registered. So that one I'm going to have to put in the less favorable category potentially uh, over what we have had. Another uh, change, and no surprise, is that we have a changing exposure called drones. Now, in official terms, we call it unmanned aircraft. And we've seen that in the general liability area over the past few years. But now with the revision of the auto policy in the liability section, uh, we're going to make it perfectly clear that we're not going to cover any drones, even if they are launched. And I don't know if you've seen this, Paul, or not, but I actually saw a picture of a UPS truck where there was a drone mounted to the roof of the UPS truck to allow enable of delivery from the no. truck to the actual residence. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't it's seen it. It's an interesting picture. Well, we're making it, yeah, we're making it very clear. We don't want to have anything to do with that, that coverage because really the auto policy isn't suited to provide that aircraft type of exposure. So we see that and we understand that. And now if you have an auto dealer, there are some, going to be some givebacks to get certain kind of limited coverage, very similar to what is provided out of the GL. Uh, another area that they did revise, and I think this is probably a good one, is towing and labor coverage because it can be pretty expensive to tow trucks regardless of the size. The towing and labor coverage under the business auto form has only been available for private passenger type autos. That's right. In, in the revision, we're going to allow you to include light trucks and medium trucks, still no heavy trucks because of the potential expense involved in that but you can get towing and labor coverage on the light trucks. And we're gonna define that as zero to 10,000 pounds gross vehicle weight rating. Uh, our medium truck got 10,001 to 20,000 pounds. So uh, I think that's another nice little addition for certain types of exposures that can come into play. Under the physical damage extensions, we've had two of them for a long, long time one called transportation expenses and the other one called loss of use expenses. The transportation expenses only applies to private passenger type autos. 
uh, total theft, where it gave $20 per day, $600 maximum. We're, we're going to get really generous, and we're going to increase that to $30 per day, up to a $900 maximum. We're also going to do the same thing with the loss of use expenses, and that we're going to be able to increase it from $20 a day, $600 to $30 a day, uh, and $900. So, uh, again, not as much as I would like to have seen in some of those areas, but right. but an increase just simply due to inflation. Now, I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite, favorite changes in the business auto coverage form. For many years, I have been preaching that agencies need to adopt coverage standards and that among those coverage standards in the business auto coverage form is an aggregate deductible for comprehensive and specified causes of loss type losses. Uh, the typical example that I've given in classroom environments is you have 34 vehicles that are service vehicles that go out and do service during the day and they come back and get parked at the contractor's yard at night. A hailstorm comes through, damages all 34 vehicles, and there literally have been imposed 34 separate deductibles because the deductible has applied per auto. This is great. ISO is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to change that up. We're going to, we're going to insert an aggregate deductible into the deductible provision. And you can have different deductibles on typic on different autos. And the way this is going to work is we're going to, if you have multiple autos involved, like in a hailstorm, uh, rather than having 34 deductibles, it's going to be five times the maximum single deductible on any one covered auto. So I have said to agents before that you need to get that inserted as a non-standard endorsement, and ISO has finally come out with an endorsement to do that. That's good and, news. And, and that's great news. I, I think that's something that every agent should like. My difficulty is going to be in those companies that don't adopt the form and still revert to the old per auto deductible and the position that they may put their agent uh, into particularly from an E&O perspective, because you could have moved right. to a company that has that aggregate deductible. That's exactly right. Hi, I'm Dustin Bryant, an academic director at the National Alliance and host of the Awkward Insurance Podcast. And I'd like to take a second to talk to you about our CISR program. The Certified Insurance Service Representative designation empowers outstanding individuals like you to provide exceptional customer service and account management to your clients. Today's organizations live and die by customer service, so be great at what you do. CISR courses prepare frontline insurance professionals to analyze risks, policies, forms, claims, data, and communicate that understanding clearly to their clients, carriers, and colleagues. If you are thinking about expanding your skills, only one program should be on your radar, CISR. The other changes in the latest edition is we have 19 new optional endorsements, nine of which are applicable to multiple coverage forms, including the business auto form, as well as 10 that are specific to the auto dealers coverage form. And then as a result of some of these other changes, like the deductible change, uh, there are going to be 32 existing endorsements that were revised. And many of those were to incorporate the changes such as the uh, owned autos, deductibles. Uh, a little bit about those. I'm going to only going to talk about 
the nine that apply to the business auto. And I'm going to do that in numerical order. I remember being an agent and going out and I drive by like a repair shop. And I think, well, that's great. They need garage keepers for the autos that come in. And I think every agent identifies that as exposure and do that. But once in a while, I see a watercraft sitting there because some of the engines that were in the watercraft were very, very similar to auto engines. Yeah, and, there was Chevy, a Chevy yeah, 350. <laughs> absolutely. You have a Chevy 350 engine in your in your watercraft. And, and so here we have a situation where that the garage keepers coverage didn't define customers auto to include any watercraft. So finally, ISO has come out with an endorsement called Garage Keepers Coverage for Autos and Watercrafts, uh, which will enable that exposure to be picked up for those repair shops that do watercraft as well as auto repair. I, I think it's great. I do too. I, I, I think it's, it, it's time. It, it's time. <laughs> Over the last few years, there have been a number of states that mandate the comprehensive physical damage deductible isn't applied the glass uh, breakage loss uh, if the comprehensive physical damage coverage is purchased. And so we've had some state-specific issues in that regard. With this new addition date, we have an endorsement called full safety glass coverage. So it's no longer a need for this to be part of a state-specific endorsement. And, and then all that really says is if, if if you have a glass breakage that where we have this full safety glass, we're not going to apply a deductible to it. Again, I think that's a broadening coverage. I think that's a good thing. A number of coverage forms have had endorsements for earlier notice of cancellation provided by us. Now, as you know, a built into the common policy conditions, we have 10 days for non-pay, 30 days for any other reason. Some states require longer notices of that. Uh, but there is an endorsement now that ISO is coming out called Earlier Notice of Cancellation provided by us. I really believe agents should include this in their agency standards because I think that 30-day notice or in some states 45 or even 60 may not be long enough period of time if you get a non-renewal notice from the company. So this sure. is one where I would say, you know, let's use this endorsement, use it for 90 days and so forth. Another issue that's always been, this is on my list of agency standards, is that hired auto physical damage, symbol eight, says only those autos you lease, hire, rent, or borrow. You, right. meaning the named insured. Now, you know and I know because we travel. When we get up to that rental counter in Timbuktu and we say, I want to rent a car, and I say, I'd like to rent it in the name of insurance concepts and services, they say, you're nuts. You know, we're not renting a car in the name of your business. We're going to rent it to you. So the question has been, did the named insured rent the car even when the employee was on business or not? So a number of years ago, ISO came out with an endorsement called Employee Hired Autos. That's right. CA 2054. And we talked about that forever. But one of the things that didn't address was volunteers. That's right. What if it's a volunteer that's doing that? And they go to the local rental place and they're renting it on behalf of the organization, you know, to use for that organization. So a new endorsement is coming out. I'm going to include this in my list of agency standards. Again, when I say agency standards, every policy, every time, called right. Volunteer Hardados, CA 0439. Uh, I know sometimes I'm just throwing in four numbers because I know sometimes 
there are agents who ask me, well, what's the form number? Because I go, go look it up by the form number. They'll never remember to look it up by the name. So this is the one that does the same thing as employee hired autos, but on a volunteer basis. Right. You know, and I know that the personal auto policy for some time now has had the availability to provide replacement costs for private passenger autos under certain circumstances. That has not been available on the business auto side. Uh, with the new addition, we have an endorsement called uh, replacement cost coverage, private passenger types, uh, CA0441. And uh, instead of paying actual cash value, if we have a total loss of a private passenger type auto, now there are some conditions, and as there should be, you know, it has to occur within 24 months after the named insured becomes the original owner, original owner, and uh, the mileage on the odometer at the time of loss has to be less than 24,000 miles. I don't really see this as being a big seller in the marketplace, but I guess on occasion, it could be something that somebody might want to offer. If somebody said, well, you know, Shifting Sands Mutual or Quicksand Indemnity says I could get replacement cost on my personal auto policy, uh, we can perhaps then say, okay, we can do that as well. I guess it's a good change. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the bigger changes, and, and I've been a fan of this for a long time, is waivers of subrogation. In the commercial arena, it, we very commonly see contract requirements for wa waivers of subrogation that have to be applicable to a number of different policies. We have had a specific waiver of subrogation endorsement that you could use and had a schedule on it where you scheduled the person or organization. There would be some insurers that would be willing to say any person or organization is required by written contract or written agreement, thus trying to turn it into what we would call inside the industry as a blanket waiver of subrogation endorsement. ISO, with their new introduction, says, okay, we're going to give you a standard blanket waiver of subrogation endorsement for the business auto coverage form, waiver of transfer of rights of recovery against others to us, waiver of subrogation, automatic when required by written contract or agreement, CA0443. Great, going to be on my list of agency standards, every policy, every time. So I think that's a welcome change for agents, risk managers, uh, as well. An interesting twist on garage keepers is that if we think about garage keepers, we, we typically think about service garages or places that have storage facilities. But there are a number of businesses that don't necessarily have a definite location. They still go out on the road and they service a vehicle or, or they may tow it someplace to a repair facility. And in the excess surplus lines market, this has always been known as on-hook coverage. Uh, we're now going to have a standard ISO endorsement that's actually going to be called on-hook coverage, CA0452. And it's designed for those that are servicing a customer's auto on the side of the road, repairing or servicing customer's autos on the insured's premises, or storing a vehicle, or towing a vehicle. Uh, all of those... Uh, we're typically garage keepers, but this is one of those that fits a certain category of risks. 
I like additional insured endorsements. And some of those additional insured endorsements, I have said, are agency standards. Uh, when an employee uses their auto on behalf of an employer, like Paul, you sometimes do for the National I Alliance. I do. You would like to say that you're at least going to get excess coverage under their business auto coverage under the non-owned auto coverage. So there's an endorsement. There's always been an endorsement available for that. Uh, called Employees as Insureds, CA-9933. But we didn't have some endorsements for other categories, one of those being volunteers. That's right. We haven't. So, yeah, we haven't. Or even we might have partners or members. If we had a partnership, we could have partners that are using their personal autos in the partnership or members of an LLC using their autos to do errands on behalf of the LLC. And so ISO has come out with a couple of new additional insured endorsements, non-ownership liability coverage for volunteers, CA0524, and uh, partners or members uh, as insureds, CA0525, that is going to extend, again, on an excess basis above the personal auto policies for that non-owned auto exposure. By the way, as a result of this uh, new endorsement for uh, non-ownership liability coverage for volunteers, uh, they are withdrawing uh, an endorsement that was only used for social service agencies, where we did have an endorsement called uh, social service agencies, volunteers as insureds. That would get kind of rolled into this endorsement, and Makes there sense. will be no need for that as well. So those are, those are the primary changes that I see in the business auto form. I, I think from what we discussed today, Paul, you see Almost all of those are positive in nature and um, add to the ability of the agent to better match coverages with exposures. And I, I think and I think that's what's important. I, I really like the idea, uh, uh, and this is the I think this is the difficulty. Our CICs have ample opportunity to get updates on items like this because they have that annual update requirement. And I right. think that was a great great requirement of the founding fathers, so to speak, because if you think about the insurance business, it's kind of lifelong learning. Uh, I've been in the business now come March 1st, 50 years. Wow. And, you know, you've been, well, you've been there a few decades as well. I've been around. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm not the only one here. Um, but, you know, that lifelong learning, and, and I, I think about the, the 12 of 19 CGL changes and the 9 of 17 commercial property changes, and, you know, how do you stay abreast of those? Because, you know, if, if you look at changes, and I, I got to tell you from a producer standpoint, uh, I looked at changes to policy forms as an educational opportunity for my clients, as well as a sales opportunity with my existing clients and prospects. It's also an opportunity for me to take these new endorsements and update my agency coverage standards. Um, right. it, and as you know, I'm really big on agency coverage I know. standards. That's, that's your, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you, you have to look at that to make sure that. And, and the other issue that I think that an agent never wants to get caught in is a potential E&O claim. Because I think most insurance agencies strive for professionalism. and move beyond that agency standard of the order taker uh, to a standard of care that's associated with kind of a special relationship that they want with that client. 
and they want to provide counsel and they want their clients to follow that counsel and, and they want to tailor those coverages to the exposure. So keeping abreast of these coverage forms uh, and their changes is critical. But you mentioned this early and you mentioned it in the introduction. The real critical part is to determine when a carrier is going to adopt the forms changes. As you mentioned, uh, I think there are 30 plus that uh, states that allowed the adoption to be a 12-1, but there are some states that have rolled it back to 4-1 of 2021. Mm -hmm. And then how far beyond that before the carriers adopt it? Because the carriers may not want to initially adopt it in this select group of states and still have the old form in the other group of states. If they're operating in all states, they may wait until all states adopt it and they're able to use it. Uh, that's a precarious position, I think, for agents, particularly in this transition time. I think you would probably agree with that. I would agree with that. And, I, and I particularly, as you brought that up, I was thinking, you know, the commercial auto market right now is hard. Correct. I mean, they don't, it is. They, they're trying to find reasons to not do things. And so we may not have a lot of appetite to jump into some new expanding uh, coverage form issues until they feel like they're ready for it. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's my that's my real concern, because I think an agency, let's say that you're an agency and you represent uh, 40 different carriers and 10 of them adopt the, the uh, as you indicated, it has an 11 2020 edition date on it. The first state to approve it is 12 one uh, and 10 of your carriers adopt the, those changes and 30 don't. Right. What position does that put your agency? in? A, a, a sticky one. Um, there was a, I remember there was a, a windstorm that hit the Texas coast years and years ago. And I remember it was so awkward because it was in the middle of that mold crisis thing. And there were neighborhoods where you had two carriers insuring houses next door to each other that had used the exact same form. And one of them decided, yeah, we're not going to actually use that exclusion this time. <laughs> oh. and the, the agents were just kind of, how, how am I supposed to win here? Oh, and I understand. I, it, you could, so you could literally have a renewal that saves the, the customer, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Yet, yet they get that hailstorm, and they <laughs> lose, they lose that aggregate deductible. Absolutely. And that, that's the kind of thing that producers are going to have to be careful about. And like I said, there's nobody better than you to to outline what these things do. And as you said, what is it about? 15 things, maybe or yes. so. Yeah, 15 things that that we talked about during this this podcast. And I just wanted to make sure that we had done this early enough and in a way for producers and account managers to easily get up to speed on it and think about some of these E&O issues, but also think about those sales opportunities. Some of these are really good expansions. And um, anyway, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing it used in the marketplace. Absolutely. I am too, Paul. I can't hardly wait for the care. I wish they would all, I, I actually wish that maybe some of the states would mandate that these coverage forms have to get adopted more quickly in some cases uh, than they do, particularly if you're a if you're a client oriented person like I am and you are and the and the agencies are. Yep. Well, thank you again, Alan. I wanted I want to let everybody that's listened to this know that uh, we're committed to helping you be your best and helping your organization succeed. And we hope this this conversation uh, with an expert like Alan Messer has given you some confidence that you 
uh, can go out there and serve your clients well. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Alan, for joining Net Alliance now. And we'll see you on a future podcast. Thanks. Thank you so much, Paul. And thank you, everyone that is listening. I appreciate you as well. Have a great day, everybody.